Section 130 of The Wonder Garden. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. The Wonder Garden by Francis Jenkins Olcott. The Enchanted Swine. Retold from Homer. It was in those days of yore when the golden apple of discord caused so much mischief in the world, and when the shepherd lad Prince Paris brought destruction on his native city of Troy, that the wise Ulysses set sail from the Trojan shore with all his men to return to his kingdom of sunny Ithaca. Many and fearful were their adventures ere they reached a strangely wooded isle where noisome herbs grew in the dark shade of gloomy trees. For two days and nights they rested on the shore, and on the third morning when Aurora, the rosy-fingered child of dawn, threw open the gates of day, Ulysses arose and climbed a height to view the isle. In a deep vale he saw a thicket, above which rose the towers and spires of a noble palace hall, from which smoke curled upward toward the sky. Returning to the ship, he pondered on the wisest course. The next morning he called his men and said, my friends, amid your great sufferings, listen to my words. We do not know the east from the west, nor what lies toward the rising or the setting sun. We are lost on this isle, and surrounded by the boundless deep. Yesterday I looked from a height and saw smoke ascending from a thicket. Let now some of us go thither and inquire our way. At his words the men remembered their fearful adventures with the one-eyed cyclops Polyphemus, who had eaten some of their comrades, cracking them like nuts, and with the giant Lestrigons, who had hurled great stones upon them. So the men's hearts sank with fear at Ulysses' words. They wept aloud, but tears were of no avail to the unhappy band, for the wise Ulysses, casting lots, sent the men thus chosen to the palace hall, and the hero Eurylochus led them thither. Still weeping, they hastened on their way, Soon they saw a stately palace hall of hewn stone. Around it was a spacious park of noble trees. But as they drew nearer, there rose from the ground mountain lions and wolves. With bristling hairs and rolling eyes, they cringed, and in silence with padded feet circled round the walls. Then wagging their tails and standing on their hind feet, they fawned upon the men like great dogs well fed by their master's hand. The men in fear stepped beneath the portico, and heard from within the whir and crack of loom, while honeyed words of sweetest singing floated past their ears. Then through the half-open door they saw within the hall a bright-haired woman richly clad, who was singing sweetly, while she threw the shuttle back and forth through a web as delicate and beautiful as if woven by Minerva's own hand. She was Circe, the enchantress, the bright-haired daughter of the sun, wily and watchful, and, though they knew it not, waiting for them. They called aloud. Forth she came, and throwing the shining doors apart, bade them enter. All followed her except Eurylochus, who stood without, for he suspected guile. She led them in and seated them on thrones. Then, mingling a drink of wine, cheese, fresh honey, and yellow meal, she poured into it a magic potion made of deadly herbs, and handed golden goblets full of the baleful liquor to the men they drank she touched them with her wand and cried 
Take your own forms, ye worse than beasts. And straight the men fell from their thrones upon their hands and knees. Their faces became snouts with prickling ears and reddish eyes. Bristles sprouted from their bodies. Their feet and hands were cloven hoofs. They were no longer men, but grunting swine. Yet they had kept their human minds and wept from terror and shame. Hence to your styes, cried Circe, and drove them forth and locked them up in pens. Then, flinging some acorns to them, she went back into her hall. As for Eurylochus, when he had waited long and the men did not return, he fled in horror to the ship. Then, when the wise Ulysses learned that the men had not come back, he slung upon his shoulder his silver-studded sword, a huge blade of brass, and his bow with it. He summoned Eurylochus to lead the way. But the terrified man clasped Ulysses' knees with both hands, and cried, Oh, take me not with you! Force me not to go! Great hero, leave me by the ship! You will never return, that I know, nor can you ever deliver your comrades from their fate. Stay here, then, your locus, replied Ulysses. Stay here by the ship, eating and drinking in comfort. I shall surely go. So he spoke and left the ship. Soon he drew near Circe's magic palace hall, when, lo, a youth met him on the way, sprightly youth, carrying in one hand a golden staff, and in the other a plant with black roots and a blossom as white as milk. So sprightly was the youth that he moved across the ground without walking, for little wings were on his cap and heels. He took Ulysses' hand. Rash mortal, said he, why do you wander here alone? Your comrades are shut up like swine, in treacherous Circe's sties. A like fate awaits you if you go thither without my aid. But that you may be safe from all mischief, take this flower and bear it to the palace hall of Circe. It will protect you by its magic virtue. She will bring you a goblet filled with mingled liquor. Drink it. It cannot harm you. When she smites you with her wand, draw your sword and rush upon her. Do not spare her, unless she swears to do you no hurt, and to restore your friends to their own shapes. So spoke the winged youth, and placed the flower in Ulysses' hand. Take it, he said. It is moly, and blooms only for the dwellers on Mount Olympus. I am Mercury, the messenger of Jupiter, sent from his shining palace to aid your quest. Then back through the woody isle Mercury hastened, and flew away to Mount Olympus. Ulysses took his way to Circe's palace hall. With fast-beating heart he pressed through the throng of fawning beasts, and stepped beneath her portico. He called aloud. Circe heard his voice, and flung apart the shining doors. With voice so honey-sweet and with winning smile, she bade him enter. She seated him upon a silver-studded throne, and quickly mingled a magic draught and pouring it into a golden chalice she presented it to him he drank the liquor off then circe rising smote him with her wand and cried go to your sty and wallow with your fellows ulysses drew his sword and rushed upon her as if to take her life she shrieked and fell upon her knees with uplifted hands she pleaded piteously who are you from what race are you wonders you have drunk my magic potion, and it harms you not. 
no mortal being has ever done so before are you then that wise ulysses come from troy mercury he of the golden staff foretold me that ulysses should outwit me spare me now spare me and henceforth i will do you no harm oh circe replied ulysses do you ask me to deal gently with you when here in your own palace hall you have transformed my friends into swine swear to me that henceforth you will not only do me no injury but will change my friends back to men trembling she swore as he desired then she arose and prepared a banquet for him the nymphs from fountains groves and streams who waited on her spread two thrones with gorgeous covers and above them suspended canopies of richest purple they set silver tables before the thrones laden with golden plates and cups and rich wine in silver bowls around ulysses manly form they flung a princely cloak and placed a footstool for his feet then came a fair-haired nymph with a golden ewer and poured pure water on his hands in a silver laver next they placed delicious viands upon the tables and bade him eat and drink but the banquet did not please him and he sat wrapped in gloomy thoughts why o oh, ulysses said circe do you sit with dark thoughts gnawing at your heart why do you not eat and drink then ulysses replied think you that a good man and true would be so faithless as to feast while his friends were miserable captives close at hand if you wish me to enjoy this banquet first set my comrades free then circe took her wand and quickly led the way into the sty and drove forth the grunting herd of swine they ranged themselves before her in a row she threw upon them a magic drug and they rose upon their hind legs their bristles fell away their snouts grew shorter and they were transformed into their own shapes again only handsomer and younger than before they knew ulysses and crowded to his side they pressed his hands with tears and sobs of joy even circe was moved with pity and bade them come as guests into her hall she robed them in fresh tunics and fair cloaks and all day until the setting of the sun they feasted when the sun went down they slept on sumptuous couches in her hall and when at last ulysses and his men left that enchanted isle circe the bright-haired daughter of the sun helped them with good counsel on their way so once more they sailed across the boundless deep to search for sunny ithaca end of section one hundred thirty